a responsible, proper, social distance shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours, too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear in this podcast or anywhere else for that matter until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. So we're at episode 80. Wow, a nice even number. So here's what's bouncing around in our little pea brains. There's an ep- or a pandemic, not an epidemic, a pandemic. Not yet, slow- at least. Not yet. <laughs> and a slow-moving coup going on. Yeah, no big deal. And also, the godless heathen's second favorite evangelical preacher had a big write-up in The Atlantic recently. And we'll talk about that as well, too. But first, the libations of choice. I- I'll give you the reasoning behind why I went with this bottle of wine. It's the only bottle of wine that I currently have two of. So ha- had to open one of them. But uh, this is one of those... Chilean wines that I got at the uh, Cap Farmer's Market, the uh, Reserva uh, Especial 120. And this is their Cabernet. Very good. Nice. And so I'm drinking a, uh, it's, it's a bomber that I found again in the back of the fridge. I think Uh-oh. I'm about cleared out in the back of the fridge. So I'll be up to, up to date pretty soon here. Uh, but this is back from when we thought was the good old days, 2019, uh, from Monday Night Brewing. And it's a blended strung ale with Ugandan vanilla beans. And it uh, comes in at 13.4 ABV. Very good. Very good. That's pandemic level ABV. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm going to buy anything less than 10% anymore. Shit's <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting uh, serious. Um, it, uh, it's been serious. Um, I'm doing a Brewdog Choco Libre, Libre Nitro. It is mm-hmm. a, an imperial stout. It is 8.2, and it's pretty smooth. It's not super spicy, but... Where's Brewdog? Doesn't matter. It's under 10. You ain't buying it, so... Well, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I might bend the rules every once in a while, if we have a good day, you know. They are a UK-based brewery that uh, their U.S. operations, I think, are in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, cool. So... Before we get into the gloom, despair, and agony on us, please do us a solid and give us a rating. Five stars, because it's a pandemic. We could all be dead soon. <laughs> Banter with us on Twitter at Godless Podcast. Delete your Facebook account. But before you do, we have a private Facebook group where you can say, I am deleting my Facebook account because you have convinced me that they are evil. Or... Drop us an email at godlessheathens at yahoo.com, which is just regular old email. So I did something I never do 
in between the last pod and today. I listened to the pod again. We know Jeff doesn't listen. I do on occasion. So when do you normally listen to the pod? Jeff, did you listen to the pod this week? Um, you know, I... (laughs) I did. uh, I don't know if I got all the way through, but I think I got... I feel like I'm talking to our (laughs) 11-year-old son, where when you ask a, a very obvious yes or no question, anything other than yes is a no. Especially, um. Okay, no, I have 39 minutes left. In it, so, <laughs> I just looked. So, <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. It is charming and heartwarming that every time we talk about this, you have a new way to defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to take the hit and move on. You're, you're going to, man, I was listening. I See, I'm going to prove it. 39 minutes to go. I meant to get my homework finished. Really, I did. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to totally butcher the quote, but he's like Pee-wee at the end of the first Pee-wee movie when she's like, aren't you going to watch the movie? He's like, why, Dottie? I lived it. Why do I need to watch the movie? And see, and I say that too because I was on the podcast, so. I was there when they recorded it. was there. (laughs) It was genius. I don't need to listen to it again. Yeah. Right. Sometimes, even the night of the pod, like, like, look up at the the ceiling. And I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> did I open my mouth too much? So, and, and regular listeners of the show are going to be like, really? You, you actually worry about that? I do. Like this last week has been kind of a, been kind of a real roller coaster because oh. when we recorded, it was clear that the fear of no concession and this shit show across the nation all of those worries were were true. And it kind of got lost on Saturday, which was the Saturday after the election, because that was a party day. Yes. And we had a socially distanced victory party, and everyone was feeling good, man. And then right back into, not despair, like, oh, like it's like it's really not going to end. And... And I wanted I wanted to listen to to see if we hit it. Yeah, I was wondering about that because so that was recorded on the fifth. That was only a couple of days after the election, and a lot of states hadn't been called yet. Yeah, at the time of the recording, Georgia, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Nevada were still undecided. Yeah, I don't think we knew until Friday. I think they were still shaded light red for the most part, except for Nevada when we started recording. I think Georgia went blue while we were recording. I don't recall at that point that we really, I mean, I think we suspected that Trump was going to call shenanigans and... I don't think anybody expected a concession speech or a congratulatory phone call, even after AP and everybody called it. Right. And this was before the... um, Oh, what was what was the landscaping? Um, four, four seasons, seasons. landscaping. Yeah. It was before that too, right? Yes. I mean, this shit is happening so fast. It's really hard. It's hard to, to keep up. Yeah. Keep up, but I mean, that's when you knew that you know things were going to get crazy and off the rails. I think, and it's been bumpy ever since. That was kind of the vibe. The worst is yet to come. That might be slightly overstated, but you could take solace in the fact that it's pretty clear 
by any measure that Biden won. But we're still dealing with the same crap that we've been dealing with kind of for four years. But now it's totally amped up on Red Bull. The thing that's made it worse, too, is I think we were kind of figuring that there would be some Republicans that would step up maybe last week at some point to say, look, Donnie, the thing's over. You're going to ruin our party if you keep doing this. Did you really, honest to God, though, did you think that was going to happen? No, I didn't say I thought it was. I I had hope that would happen. So you thought there was a chance. Did you think there was a chance or were you just... La, 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 I don't want, I can't deal. I think where I, I had maybe a little bit thought that way was after the the um, the thing at the landscaping is when you saw that they had nothing as far as evidence. It was all, you know, smoke and mirrors kind of Clown thing. Clown show. Yeah, so I thought, well, you know, certainly there's going to be some, probably not the, uh, you know, the hardcore Trumpers. But some of them are going to step up and say, you know, that's enough. He so won. you did. I, you know, you, you always try to hold out a little bit of hope that we have a sane country. I'm seeing from, I hate to use the term both sides, but I, I'm seeing Republicans <laughs> that are, some of them are coming out and referring to Joe Biden as president-elect. And then you've got some that are... You know, it's, it, it, they immediately start start walking it back if they if they make any kind of reference in that direction. Trump's done the same thing himself. Where yeah, we're, we're fighting this. I don't think they believe they have a snowball's chance in hell uh, getting this won uh, or, or overturned somehow. I think it's all about keeping the base riled up. If nothing else, here in Georgia until the fifth of January for the election. You really think that they? They know this is a lost cause, but they're okay with it happening? I, I don't think that they think it's a lost cause. I think some of them don't believe it's a lost cause, but I believe some of them do know that it is a lost cause. So who's worse? The people that are true believers and don't believe it's a lost cause or the ones that think it's over but won't do a damn thing to stop it and let this shit show continue? I would argue it's the latter. Okay, Joe Biden wins a somewhat smooth transition into the Biden presidency. I don't see a bunch of Republicans going on trial for treason for what they're doing right now. Uh, well, and there's no discussion about Lindsey Graham being brought up on election interference with the Georgia thing when he made the call to our Secretary of State. So whose fault is that? Well, I'm not sure what Senate committee would would do those, but probably Graham is in charge of it. So when they did the vote earlier this week, Kamala Harris came to the Senate floor and she fist bumped him. I saw that. You know, if it was me, I would have been tempted to pretend like you're going to fist bump him and then pull it away and say, fuck you, Graham. I fist bump you when you say, you know, the right words. So the vice president-elect is being trashed and diminished by this guy and actively working to overturn that vote. And you fist bump him? Yeah. That That reminds me of the Feinstein moment where she hugged Graham. Yeah. Big time. And by the way, this this was not where I thought we were going to (laughs) go. No, no. Well, hang on. To Don's both sides point, I hate admitting that the... There ain't no difference in these two parties. They're all the same. And really, I shouldn't I shouldn't adopt that kind of kind of rednecky voice because you get <laughs> yeah, the you... two parties are the same by lefties 
So I can't do a hipster voice. Pretend he has patches on the elbows of his jacket. <laughs> I've got a handlebar mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that, to me, honest to God, that, that's disappointing. That's disappointing to me because it does not show any fight. I mean, I understand that you have to work with these people and there's a certain amount of decorum and my esteemed colleague from, you know, blah, 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 and all the rest of that shit. But yeah, the fist bumping and the hugging and all this, that just, I did not see the fist bump. I'm appalled actively appalled yeah same and the covid cases are shooting through the uh, like all records oh yeah and the attitude of way too many people is i'm done i'm over it no more lockdowns no more masks no more telling Mm -hmm. me how to live my life I didn't get a chance to read that article you posted in its entirety as far as the fatigue i thought you were 39 percent in (laughs) <laughs> you got 39 minutes left. <laughs> but so we're all fatigued, but I don't think any of us are letting our guards down. It's no. like one of the things that we, you know, we're trying to get worked out was for Katie's dad and his wife to come down for Thanksgiving. They've been super cautious up there in Ohio, but as things started ramping up again down here and then now in Ohio, they're in like a increasing zone as well. Is like, no, let's just, you know, we can do Thanksgiving when it's when it's safe. So we're fatigued. I'm tired of it, but I don't go out not wearing a mask. I don't invite a bunch of strange people into my home for a party. So what, are you saying that I that I shouldn't have had a party? Are you are you party shaming me? No. You were no. there. Yeah, but it was outside <laughs> and it was distance and when we approached one another we had the mask. So we were doing the safe right things. It's gonna get a little bit more difficult as we get into the winter months. No, we're we have, just have to bundle up a little more. And yeah. big fires. I don't know what they do up north when it's like zero degrees or whatever, but they're already people are starting to snap and are actively pushing back against any new restrictions. California announced some today i think like a month long i don't know it's a curfew or lockdown or something but when you're saying they're pushing back who is pushing back everybody or is it just the ones that push back from the get-go no not not everybody but enough people to to make it less effective because the whole point of it is to slow this down it all gets back to if people would have been taking the mask wearing seriously, this would have been tamped down. Now, yes, it probably would have gone up somewhat in the winter months anyway, but not to the degree that it is now. If you want to blame anybody, it's the people that are not taking it serious, that are not wearing masks when they go out, that go to bars and restaurants and take their masks off, that go to church or other religious uh, services where they're not following protocol that's what's caused a lot of this spike. Do you think those dynamics are decreasing, though? I don't. I think they're increasing. Yeah, like you say, as things go on and then people try to clamp down, then people rebel and kind of flaunt it. It doesn't help when Nancy Pelosi was going to do that dinner for incoming congressmen and the same governor that announced new restrictions went to a party. Right. Yeah. As a bleeding blue Democrat, I'm appalled. I'm pissed about uh, the lack of setting an example. Right. I mean, Nancy Pelosi can go get her haircut. That was ridiculous. But going to the dinner party and planning a party for incoming congressmen is tone deaf. And it doesn't help the cause of new restrictions. Because if you two aren't going to do it, why should I? 
Right. right. You hypocritical dem. I still want to do my part regardless of what those jerks are doing. They're doing stupid stuff and, you know, but I don't need them to be a uh, an example for me. I know what the science is. So what happens when, let's just say, you got invited to a party, they were going to actively flaunt those regulations. What would you do in this totally hypothetical situation? Oh, it's, it's not too hypothetical there, Jerry. <laughs> Actually was invited to a party from another meetup group and it was kind of like throwing caution to the wind. So, I mean, inviting, I'm seeing like 16 names in here. Mass are optional. There's not going to be any distancing. Potluck. And this was an indoor event? Indoor. So it's like, uh, that's a hard no. And why are you even considering doing this? I, mean, I know the reason why. But. And then on top of that, it was going to be a, a buffet type potluck? Yeah, yeah, potluck. So you're not, you're not going? I, I uh, did a decline on that one there. Especially when they thought it was funny to rename it Christmas Party and Super Spreader Extravaganza. I thought that was a little, a little hurtful. No, 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 no. You, you thought that was, you tell me if I'm wrong. And Don, you could chime on in. Because right. we're, we're going to do a favorite segment of the Godless Seasons. We're going to think for Jeff. <laughs> I think you were a lot pissed about that. You weren't a little pissed. You were a lot pissed. You were right. You are right. Numerous F-bombs were dropped upon, <laughs> what was it, a, an email that you got or a, a text message or something along oh, those lines, is, some sort this of electronic? This is for Meetup. This is for Meetup. Yeah. Okay. Me- message yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, when you got that message, all hell broke loose. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I read the first part of the invitation, it's like, yeah, what, you know, I'm not going, but whatever. And then it got into the details and then renamed it to that is like you are thumbing your nose of not just the people that have died you know the 250,000 Americans that have died from it but yeah. you know the thousands more that will be dying over the next month the people that have been permanently disabled by that disease we don't know all the long-term ramifications of it the health care workers that don't have a choice take care of these people and you've heard stories of these people that are in the hospital in the ICU for COVID and they're claiming they don't have it because they think it's a hoax they think it's the flu and these healthcare workers putting themselves in harm's way every day I mean you know the the supply of the protection equipment is again in very short supply so they don't have a choice you have a choice whether to have a party or not they don't have a choice whether they take care of these people or not well actually they do and that's even scarier. Oh, that mm-hmm. they walk off, yeah. They do have a choice. Yeah. I tell you, the threads of healthcare workers and nurses and doctors talking oh. about the situation and the stress they're under and yep. watching people die every day without their loved ones, that this is going to, if it's not already, that stuff is going to cause PTSD. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like a war zone or being being in a battle. Yeah, and I don't think they were ever trained for that level of trauma. If, if you're working in a war, yeah, you probably have some training to prepare you for that. In a war, you kind of know what you're getting into. Right, yeah. right. But you're right, they did not sign up for this. And the fact that it all feels entirely preventable makes it even worse. And to be cavalier about it, yeah, it's not only kind of scientifically and medically just 
not smart. So another example I had from today on these people that still don't want to do their part, they don't want to wear a mask. It was I, I watched a little bit of the, the Cobb County School Board meeting because we were kind of hoping that they would go to remote learning after Thanksgiving. Already the numbers, in, you know, before when they shut down in... October, they had to have the numbers below 200 infections per 100,000 people. That was their number. So it got down below that. Well, it's already above that 200 per 100,000 now, and you know it's going to get much worse in the next month or so. But in spite of that, Cobb County is going to still do the hybrid. You know, some people can stay home, some people be in the class. But anyway, I watched part of this board meeting because I just kind of wanted to see the discussion on it. And you know, the front part of it they have where different people, parents or whatever, can go and speak before the board. So there's this one lady that, that came in. Her kids are in person and they're wearing masks, but she said, we can't do it anymore. Basically, she was trying to say, you guys need to change your rules so our kids don't have to wear masks. And then she was trying to say that there's scientific evidence that masks actually do more harm than good. And so you know exactly what sites she was pulling at from. Facebook, baby. Did she bother to download the meme from Facebook and take it down <laughs> to Kinko's and have it blown up? Yeah. Like a poster size that she could sit up on an easel so she could point at and show them, you know, what she's talking about? So that's just one example you see on a daily basis of people that don't want to do it. And that's why we're in the, in the state that we're in. I thought of the word that it's probably not strong enough about people like the party host. It's really disappointing because how could you be so, so numb to so many people dying, pain that it's causing families and healthcare workers and the economic impact of, you know, people losing their jobs and these images of mile long food bank lines, Dodger Stadium parking lot filled with people trying to get tests. That's cause for a little joke, a little Christmas party with a with a COVID-y pun. Yeah. Where is the concern for your fellow man? Well, and that's that's the thing that, that kind of baffled me, too. And one of my last comments in the thread was I quoted the person that, you know, that he claims to follow. Uh, Love your neighbor as yourself. Because he said, as adults, we should be able to make decisions that are best for us. So it's that, you know, best for me as an individual and screw anybody else. So, you know, so you're not you're not listening to the person that your religion is created around to love your neighbor. You know, have concern over the healthcare workers, have concern over the person you might infect. Even if you don't care if you get it, you could be asymptomatic and give it to somebody else and not even know it. You, you, know, you kill somebody and not even know it. But it's your imaginary friend's birthday and it's a special time of the year. Yeah. So it's very yeah. important. Yeah, giving the gift of get COVID. get together with friends and family at, at this very special time of the year. So you think that's the end of it? The end of what, the party? <laughs> no, for you, it's the end of the party. How does, uh, this is a this is an issue that a lot of people have to have dealt with or are going to have to deal with. So how, how do you mend, how do you mend fences with somebody that does not, look, if, if you say something dumb and friends call you out on it, it's probably in your best interest to kind of look in the mirror and realize you messed up and apologize or say something to acknowledge the situation. 
if you don't, that people are going to look at you differently. And maybe they yeah. look at you differently. And I think what Jerry's trying to say is, how do you remain friends when all this is over with somebody that during the middle of a pandemic didn't give a shit about this fellow human? Mm. Edited me right down. Yeah, I just boiled it down to the crux. <laughs> well, I was trying to be nice, and I was obviously talking around it. <laughs> right, right. Hey, you're, there's no leaves left on that bush. You're just beating the hell out of it. Just, trying, you know, to be, just, you know. trying to be polite, and it yeah. didn't work. Can, can you can you remain friend friends and friendly with people that you know during this time just couldn't be inconvenienced with a global fucking pandemic. Yeah, that's that's affecting your local community and yeah. you know your your friends and neighbors. Yeah, it's affecting my local community because all these small businesses are going under, Jeff. Where's your compassion for people who are losing their jobs? Right. I want the GDP. I want the economy back. I want people yeah. to experience their freedom. Yeah, see, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> I don't believe a word of it, but that's kind of that's well, everything that's, that they say. That it all circles back around is we could have a lot of now, you know, the restaurant industry, that's going to be a difficult one to do without wearing a mask. It's kind of hard to eat when you're wearing a mask. That's where, you know, the government would have a chance to step in and give payments to the workers there to get them through this until we get the vaccine out and everything. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, what? the only thing the Senate does is vote on judges. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're not taking this shit serious. Trump's out golfing and tweeting about, uh, you know, that he was been elected and not Biden. Yeah, so that, mm -hmm. that's a concern coming from, from the top down. So, how do you? So, you can broaden this. Can I mean, you? Uh, and yeah, I mean, saying, this, I'm this, saying yeah. the collective you. I'm not saying you individually in this situation. Uh, yeah, I mean... To me, it's definitely is, is, is put a hard wedge in the relationship because, you know, it, it's one thing to have friendly debates about theology yeah. and the existence of God, those kind of issues where if you want to believe the earth is 6,000 years old, that's kind of weird. But, you know, that's, that doesn't really affect me or the community other than maybe climate change acceptance. That belief is not going to kill my grandma. Right. But, you know, this belief and yeah. that it's it's a hoax it's the flu and you're listening to faux science mm -hmm. and you're queuing on crazy kind of stuff it's a chinese hoax to get donald trump out of the white house yeah i mean so that's when you have so little disregard for your fellow human mm -hmm. then that's a difficult one and the same thing applies i think politically for our, our members in congress too is for all these Republicans that are destroying voter confidence in our electoral system, you know, doing irreparable damage to our democracy. Are they going to reach across the aisle? Are they going to fist bump those people? Well, apparently they are. But is is like, shouldn't there be some kind of apology? And it's like, yeah, we took a little bit too far, but we know it's not going to happen. You don't even have any hope. Earlier in this pod, you're talking about having hope. No hope anymore. <laughs> Talked him right out of it. Welcome to the dark side, Jeff. You know what? Welcome to the dark side. At least you know it'll never be sunny, so you don't actually ever get disappointed. So I have to wear my dark sunglasses forever? Is that it? I don't get to wear my rose-colored ones. Uh, you, you know what? If that's what makes you feel good, <laughs> and I, I say that with, with all sincerity, if it helps you get through the day or 
get through until, by the way, this is a fallacy, get through to January 20th, because January 20th is going to be a sugar high, just yep. like the Saturday after the election was. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing going to change. If anything, what they're doing now is going to make it harder and worse. Yeah, I see this being worse than, uh, you know, with the obstruction that Obama got, uh, the Republican got control of the Senate and everything, you know, where they put everything on standstill. You know, that's exactly what they're going to do to Biden. And so their story will be, well, if we got a Republican back in the uh, presidency, we'd be able to start doing stuff again. That is going to be the least, the least of our concerns. Jeff, yeah. that's like a 2014 concern. The concerns now are way way more serious okay (laughs) (laughs) well it's a question for both of you do you guys see it differently or do you just kind of prefer not to think about it yeah yeah i mean that's the thing is is in the back of my mind i know that this authoritarian tendency of the republican party where they want to have a minority in charge of a majority that's not going to go away on January 20th. No, because that's been their lifelong dream. And the minority that's in control are wealthy, mm-hmm. white, Christian nationalists. That part's not going to go back underground. I think to some extent, do you, you get the feeling that they feel like this may be their last chance? No. You don't? No. I, I think four years, uh, yeah, that's, my, that's my nightmare. I think in four years... States like Texas are going to be bluer than they are now. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, nice voting system you got here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, well, that's, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So they're already putting this out there. Um, what was the stat we were reading earlier that 70% of Republicans now believe the election was rigged? Now, that's not the majority of the country at this point. I think there's still a large number of people that do believe. It's a majority of half of the country. Well, less than half of the country. But they're going to start to wear people down. That's the whole thing of authoritarianism is, is you start to make people question what is true anymore. Yeah. So how many people that aren't as diligent as us trying to dig to what the facts are mm-hmm. are going to go, oh, that kind of makes sense. Just the, the growth of the QAnon thing by itself is scary. It is honestly mentally exhausting to keep up with this stuff, though. And that's absolutely a double-edged sword. That's probably the, another one of the goals. Just have enough people just give up. The pandemic... What would we call that? Exhaustion? Not fatigue. Exhaustion. Fatigue, fatigue, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pol- politics fatigue. It's like, screw it. I'm just going to keep my head down. I got to put food on the table for my family. Go shopping. Yeah, Watch just the pretend game. Nothing's, nothing's going on here. I mean, you know, actually, prior to 2016, we had done that. All this stuff the Republican Party had been doing behind the scenes all this time, we were pretty much unaware of. You know, there's been a lot of books written about it as of recent that kind of uncovered all this stuff, but it's like, damn, we should have been looking at this long ago. If you talked like that, your friends would be making tinfoil hats for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you seriously. start talking about this during the Obama administration at a dinner party, you start talking about how the Republicans and, and, and the religious right are working in unison to... Absolutely, because, because the Democrats didn't want to talk about it. Obama didn't want to talk about it. Right, right. Yeah, they were a legitimate party. We're all under this 
Oh, the, you know, honorable opposition. Yeah. That, that there was some type of, everybody was playing the same game. We all mm -hmm. knew the rules. Yeah, there were just some slightly different ideologies, one versus the other, but both sides had good ideas, and, you know, we could work together. Right. And, Reach across the aisle. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. not ever, not one party has all the answers. Where'd yeah. that get us? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to, I need to adjust my tinfoil hat. <laughs> make it a little more snug. Starting to pick up MTV there. That's right. <laughs> There's too many things to be outraged about and too many things to try and fight. So you can't fight them all. Why it's not a constant drumbeat of you have a party trying to steal the election. Who's accusing the team that won of trying to steal right. the election. An incoherent clown show one. Sweaty Rudy Giuliani sweating out just for men on the side of his head today. <laughs> I mean, and, and then you read Jeff Charlotte. These coups are always clown shows. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, that doesn't make me feel better at all. No, no. But it, it goes on. And it gets worse and worse, and there's no sign of stopping, and no one wants to say, or no one feels like they can say, this shit has to stop. Now, every Democrat get on TV and say it, and force media organizations to stop treating this like it's not a five-alarm affront against democracy but they're not doing it i don't understand why i, I mean i can understand why some republicans are not saying anything because they're spineless cowards and they secretly agree with this stuff but i don't understand why the democrats aren't calling it what it is a slow moving coup because i think they have this hope that well they're just letting trump be trump for a while and they'll come around and let him do his little games but you know that's they they're, they're not understanding that these little games you know all these court things even though he loses and, and and jeff charlotte tweeted about that too even the loss is a win because it's it adds to the story the persecution yeah persecution what do you um, think courts are in on it and, and by know. the way what do, you th what do you think the next election is going to look like? What do you think the election after, after that's going to look like? Well, what do we think the January 5th election is going to look like here in Georgia? Oh, yeah. You not only came over to the dark side, but you, you, you went to the <laughs> yeah. basement of the dark side. Mm -hmm. He joined the team and like immediately ran for office. Yeah. And won. Congratulations. <laughs> Jeff, we're not alone down here. It's getting more crowded. Yeah. 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 And that's why we drink the dark beer. We're not the we're not the hipsters anymore. You know what? It won't maybe it won't feel as bad because we will not have gotten a break from it since probably October. The court stuff, the morons in Wayne County not certifying and then saying they were going to certify and then he called them and now they're yep. supposed to go to the white house it never ends yeah they want to rescind their certification which you cannot do it take back Daisy backsies <laughs> right it's just but, absurd well i mean to me that shows the absurdity of the entire republican party it's not just at the national level it's at the state and the local level that these guys are oh no no it's at the national level, too. Well, yeah. no, no, I'm saying not just there. I'm just saying it goes deep. But to Jerry's point, why aren't the Democrats saying anything? 
on the local level, on the state level, on the national level, on any level. Biden had a conference today, and he kind of tap dance a little bit around it. And I guess I kind of get that in a way, but at some point you have to say, well, and I think he has said some stuff about this is getting dangerous, that, you know, especially with the uh, the p- pandemic, we need to have that communication. He needs to be able to set up his team and all the rest of that, but also he needs to be getting daily briefings. It's leaving the country vulnerable. Well, and, and somebody asked him, you know, why don't you do a lawsuit. You say, well, that'd take, a t- take some time. Well, so what? Start the process to show that you're serious that this is bullshit. What are you going to sue him for? It's another, yet another, unenforceable norm that they have said, law doesn't say we have to do it. We're not going to do it. Uh, it doesn't matter that that's the way it's always been. We don't have to, and you can't force us. Right, because the vote has not been officially certified yet. Yep. So, and that's kind of what I think they're saying is, yeah, most other administrations acknowledge the writing on the wall, but legality of it until it's been certified. And I just saw um, pop up on my news feed that uh, Georgia did, what's the wording on it? Right, but this won't this won't drop for five more days. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they confirmed. Yeah, they confirmed the the recount. But yeah, I mean, so Trump's going to probably force them into another recount. I don't know if they can have another recount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a mandatory recount because of the count. If there's another recount, then he would have to request it. And he would have to pay for it. You guys act like they care about any of this stuff. They're going to do whatever they want. They'll send Rudy back down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's going to stop? No, no. Like, what? Like none of that's going to stop. And it's all lies. And it is absolutely poisoning people's brains. So maybe they lose this battle. But in two years, in four years, we have never, ever, as a country, in all of our lifetimes, other than 2000 in Florida, and we were able to kind of sweep it under the rug, even though they stole that one, for sure. But... We've never, ever had to worry about our elections being fair and run for the good of the community. There was never any controversy, barely any fraud, definitely not enough to turn elections. For the most part, there's local crap that goes on, small time stuff. Yeah, there was that guy in North Carolina back uh, at the last election in the uh, midterms. Even like, you know, small local elections that the long arm of the law doesn't reach all the way. Even if you grant that that kind of stuff happens, do you think somehow what they're doing now is not a playbook? Well, and the other thing that is telling about it as well is the only areas that they're focused on are the metropolitan areas of Wayne County, Michigan, predominantly black people of color, Philadelphia. Detroit is 80% black. Wayne County is not. Well, I thought Wayne County was Detroit. No? Uh, Wayne County, Detroit is part of Wayne County. Wayne County is bigger than, bigger than the city right, of Detroit. Right, right. Yeah, it has. Is all of Detroit ex- in Wayne suburbs. County? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Unlike yeah. Atlanta that's, that str- stretches across a couple of counties. Okay. Well, but yeah, but I'm saying, so there's, you know, like like Atlanta area also is another area that they're, they're yep. you know obsessed about. Uh, they were focused on Milwaukee. I don't know if that's been back. So, I mean, basically what they're, what they're wanting to do is throw out the black vote. So, right. You won't hear that on CNN. <laughs> and this no. shocks you how? You will only hear that on certain shows on MSNBC. 
You'll never hear it on Fox. You'll never hear it on OAN. Right, yeah. Yeah, and you'll because we don't. And for the most part, you will not hear it in your Facebook or YouTube feeds. But you heard it here. Yeah, well, then <laughs> it's all going to be good now. Because yeah. the, the heathens have spoken. It's like the Sermon on the Mount. Every two weeks. AP should be reporting it shortly. <laughs> I think, Jeff, you said before the the show started, like, oh, we, when we can, or maybe it was at the beginning of the show, you know, those quaint days where we could just talk about atheism theism. or theism. Yeah. We could debate yeah. theology with the religious. Back in episode one through I don't know how many, that's what we were talking about. You know, I don't think we were talking real heavily about this kind of stuff, about, you know, the end of a democracy. I don't think that was on our... Hey, it wasn't on the menu uh, during episodes one through two. <laughs> At that point. So Rick Wiles, uh, definitely not the godless heathens' favorite evangelical. Not the first, not the second. No, probably not in the top hundred. But when he said or says, we're going to meet you in the streets and we're coming after you. He thinks that the governor is wanting to pass a law that basically gives people like himself the right to shoot lefties. Well, it is about being able to kind of shoot protesters. So uh, it's looters and what was the other one? Rioters. Rioters and looters. Right. Not protesters. Well, they're one and the same. If you're walking in the middle of the street with a Black Lives Matter sign and you don't have a, a local permit, you may not be a looter, but you're damn sure going to be considered a rioter. In Rick Wilde's eyes, you are. I'll take my chances in front of the judge. This is just the regular standard ground law in Florida just on steroids. This is crazy. Well, how do we, as not communist, but probably seen as equally horrible, how long are we supposed to ignore this? Like, how long are we supposed to kind of write it off as the the rantings of a of a guy becoming unhinged. As long as that guy spouts his bullshit because of a 2,000-year-old Jewish carpenter, it's perfectly acceptable, apparently. Because he was anything other than a preacher. He would be locked up at this point. He says, like, FBI, basically, put me on the list. Yeah. I don't care. You think a BLM or a Occupy Wall Street, you think they ever said that? Hey, FBI, you know where to come get me. I'm not afraid. Well, that's that religious persecution kind of thing. So, well, it, it's it's way beyond. It pl- yeah, it's way beyond. That. He's the he 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 is threatening to be the persecutor. Yeah, this is just like Bible persecutor. Open hunting season on lefties. Well, yeah. Basically. So if you're being persecuted, you got to fight back. You know. And, <sighs> yeah. Okay. This, this, yeah. This is this is the end times now, baby. We gotta. So gotta... so maybe Jeff, you can explain the communist part. Because he's talking about the communist revolution. Socialist. Is that where socialism goes? He's just taking the word socialism and inserting the word communism. Oh, yeah, they have to take it up a notch, right? Because socialist sounds too too nice. That's... That's too kiss assy. That's yeah. that, that's playing their game. <laughs> right. We, call, we, we know what, what they we know what they really want. They yeah. want straight up communism. We do or they do? Wait, what? I'm confused. They think we want oh, yeah. straight up communism. Right. Right. Yeah. Because we think people who have full time jobs shouldn't be living in poverty. Crazy talk like that. One of my least favorite kind of Uber discussions on Twitter was canceling college debt. Versus the, you know, I went to school. You know, yeah. I didn't pay. My, I pay my debts. You know, maybe you should have not partied as much. I worked my way through school. Yeah. Oh, if my family at the time had to pay 
what it costs now, I would be in that same loan position. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, college was way more affordable back years ago. You could actually work your way through it. Yeah. I I worked part-time and then went to school part-time. And you can't do that anymore. And you haven't been able to do that for a long time. So that's why I I put a limit on my my Twitter use. Hour a day. Man, it was like going cold turkey. And you are hitting that hour at about what time? Average. Prime time? Oh, (laughs) pre-lunch. Yeah. During during breakfast? (laughs) An hour, an hour a day? You're not getting to lunch. No. Because I wake up to you posting, here's the Twitter share. Don, I I realize I have a problem. (laughs) You know, so the first first step in- First step step is admitting you have a problem. Absolutely. Baby steps. We're we're baby stepping towards the solution. And and that is the, you know, that's the the part of the dilemma of you want to be informed Mm -hmm. or you want to, what's the Matrix scene where he's, you know, eating the steak and- Drinking the wine, which way am I going to be? Do I really want to be enlightened? Or do I want to just pretend that none of this is happening? And if I took Twitter off my phone, I would be in the latter group because it would be way more difficult to actually keep up with everything going on. Because that is average. How much of your daily, weekly news intake is Twitter? Mm. Yeah, versus other sources, I guess. Yeah, yeah versus well, only, TV, so the radio, only other, yeah, TV, podcast, whatever. Emails, podcast. I've been saving my political emails this week. No. Everyone that asks me for money or is talking about the election. I started it on Sunday, and I think I'm up to 80. <laughs> nope, 77. 77 just emails. Since um, Sunday. Nope, sorry, 78. Oh, just got just one. Just got another Ding. one. They're gross. All asking for money. We're in the fight of our lives. Exactly. Yeah. It is not taking the high road at all. Should have probably counted my text too. I don't get as many of those texts. But limiting it, and I was I was better about it for a few days, and I've fallen off the wagon. But hey, I still know I'm a problem. You know, I can I can stop drinking anytime I want. I just don't hey, want hey, to. I can stop twenty anytime I want. <laughs> anytime I, still want. I want. If I wanted to, I could just leave it alone and walk away right. from it. You know what? I but I don't de- want to. I could I delete enjoy. it off my phone. Watch me. Watch me do it. It's <laughs> not first like- step. <laughs> first step is turning off notifications. Yeah. I don't do have that? any notifications uh, for okay. Twitter. Right. Yep. None. That would be bad for me. You know, we teased our second favorite evangelical preacher. Andy Stanley has an epic article in the in the Atlantic just came out yesterday or today and I think Jeff has some thoughts about it. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your both sides. I think I'm going to end up being pro Andy Stanley and I'm not super comfortable here, but it's it's the role I'm going to play. Okay, so initial thoughts I had on it is like Andy is a more, definitely a more progressive evangelical. So in the article, Andy basically talks about how he is not going to be swayed by Dotard. He never got on the Trump train. Exactly. He basically stood on the sidelines. Even though the rest of the world, his world was on the train and and having a great time. On the train and tooting the horn. Right. 
shoveling coal. And he mentioned too that when his church went to all online, and they're going to continue to do that until at least early 2021. And he's one of the few. Right, right. He's gotten and, into it with uh, the guy out in California. Uh, yeah. Johnny Mac. MacArthur, yeah. Yeah. But, but so he said he lost quite a few people over that, claiming that was a political decision. That he was kowtowing to the, uh, to the Democrats. To people so, like us. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so good for him for doing that, going all online and, and continuing and not taking pressure from people to do it. Don, I think this is going to be the end of the positive part of Jeff's feelings about this article. That's just a guess. Okay, I was going to say, I kind of draw a comparison between him and Doug Padgett, who, who we had on a couple of weeks back. Doug is definitely a lot more progressive. He's out about his progressivism. He's he's out about his politics and all that. But I'm just saying as far as, as his brand of evangelicalism, it seems to be more in tune with the love your neighbor as yourself kind of thing than the others. But where I went, eh, not so much, is, is where he's not overly worried about Trump. A year or two from now, he said, all that goes away. New leaders will rise up. The Trump era of evangelical history will fade. In other words, that the evangelical attachment to Trump and Trumpism is going to fade away in a couple of years. Yeah, just give it some time. And it's, no. It's, no. No. You, you need to really get a reality check on that one. The authoritarian angle of evangelicalism. That's the thing is, is his style is not authoritarian. Trumpism may fade, but what it truly is, is white Christian nationalism. Right, that is right. here to stay. I think people are kind of missing the point if they call it Trumpism. It's not, because that does kind of imply that when Trump goes away... All that goes away All that with goes him. away, and it's not. This, Absolutely this, not. This whole history of the evangelical church being about white nationalism is a long history. Andy's church and Andy Stanley is an outlier. Watch some of the videos on YouTube about, what's the guy, John MacArthur? Is it John MacArthur? John MacArthur, yeah. John MacArthur and Andy Stanley. Just Google the, or, or do a search on for those YouTube. two names in YouTube. And watch some of the beef. It's like it's like East Coast, West Coast rap beef between these two preachers. Back and forth about should we, we be meeting in person or not. But even better, just go and read the comments about how much of a wolf in sheep's clothing Andy Stanley is and how a, a not, he's not even a true Christian. Right, he's an atheist, it's, basically. I disagree, I disagree with you, maybe both, if you think that Trumpism isn't a name that could stick beyond him. Absolutely can. Absolutely will. I'm just saying that that misidentifies what it actually is. It's white Christian nationalism just... In a different name. Right, but it's going to be called Trumpism. There's going to... Like you said in the last pod, you don't even think he'll be alive come 24. No, but how long did the GOP subsist on the ashes of Ronald Reagan? Reaganism. How many, how many schools and roads and airports and buildings are all named after Ronald Reagan? Like Ronald Reagan was, until Dotard, the closest thing to a god the Republican Party ever had. I honestly don't see the Donald Trump International Reno Airport or you know, or something along those lines. I just oh, don't. this uh, this smells like a bet. All right, okay. I see this as being the quickliest renamed airport after the next election. Right, type of, which you know, which thing. means the fight never, ever ends because the Democrats didn't push back on the Reagan idolatry. Yep. 
Yep. And let it happen. You think now they're going to find that spine? I don't know. Reagan did. I don't know. Did it? Did it have the the racism and the xenophobia and everything else attached to it that that Trumpism has? The the white nationalism. That ah, Trumpism you're has thinking to? about it like the liberal. Yeah. Well. And and no, it wasn't to the current extent. But still, the it problem would now is it, it's funny that if Reagan came around now, he'd be run out of the Republican Party. Right, he'd be a rhino. Yeah, at best. But they don't keep tethered to facts. So yeah, I, I think Trumpism. It, 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 it same like you know, will live Christianity. It, Reaganism is a religion. Absolutely, well, and, and as a mythology, and that brings up one of the podcasts. I'll, this would be my early recommendation, or your recommendation, or my recommendation at this point. It's a podcast called Straight White American Jesus. Sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing that would make it better is if it was called the Straight White American Jesus. Well, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> that could be. Ah. I you insensitive be. bastard. Uh, but interesting podcast. Very interesting. Um, it sounds it's, interesting. It's done by two Christian. I think they're both professors. But I highly encourage you to listen to the November 13th episode. The whole thing is interesting. This is, this is post-election, obviously, that they posted this. What they brought up that I thought was extremely interesting is it's kind of a um, revival of the lost cause. And anybody that is from the South, probably most people know this, the, you know, the Confederacy lost, although a lot of people down here don't know that, shh, because shh. of the lost cause mythology. They're calling the Trump thing the lost pause instead of the lost cause. And so this, even though they lost, even though you know the, uh, the South lost the Civil War, even though Trump lost the election, building up this story, just like the South built up the story that uh, they didn't really win, you know, that, that the liberals from up north stole this from us. And, Democrats. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's very similar storyline is, is the liberal Democrats stole this election from us. So in four years, you're going to see the rise again. Now, whether it's going to be Trump, some people are saying that, that as soon as Biden is, is sworn in, Trump's going to say he's running for re-election in 2024. And he has. He's going to do that just so he can continue to, to fundraise. Yeah, yeah, fundraise and do rallies. Right. It's not a, he it's not a to, for the rallies. He doesn't need to run to do rallies. He can just do rallies. Yeah, oh, and he doesn't want to town. It's. He never like wanted to be president. He's not being president now. He's out golfing and tweeting. Okay. You know, he never wanted the job. You need to let that go. Let what go? The whole he doesn't want to be president. <laughs> like it like it's some kind of burn. It's clear that he didn't want to be. But right. his dead enders don't believe that. And right. you will have as much luck convincing somebody of that as you will getting somebody off of QAnon. Yep. But it is a good podcast. I listen to it. And you should too. Well, yeah, check that, it out. that episode, and then uh, the latest one, um, which was just from three days ago, they had Sarah Posner on there, and she wrote the book called "Unholy: Why White Evangelicals Worship at the Altar of Donald Trump." I think she kind of mentions in this podcast when Donald Trump goes away, there's going to be some other savior that they're going to worship. So it's it's not just Trumpism; it's white nationalism. Yeah. Nationalism. It's going to be called it. Trumpism, though. Just wrap it in a new flag. 
Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if you know if, if Daddy doesn't run that uh, Eric or Don Jr. runs, and that would kind of carry on that I, legacy. I can't see e- either one of them pulling it off, though. They don't have. They don't have it. They got the base. Okay, you you you, you guys <laughs> you guys act like they're like they would actually take this seriously. It's just an excuse for a grift. It's just an excuse to be in the public eye. But it's a win-win for the Republican Party because they're getting everything that they wanted. They're getting authoritarian government. They're getting minority control. So they don't care if it's a grift. They haven't. So my recommendation is only slightly less depressing. (laughs) It's a Netflix documentary called Fire in Paradise, and it is about the campfire that destroyed the town of Paradise, California. Oh, no. And... Uh, I'm it is a, already. It's not. It's not very long, so it's not a. It's not a two-hour extravaganza. I was going to start watching it, so I thought before we started recording, and ended up watching the whole thing because it's pretty riveting. And it's one of those, you know, disasters that since there's been so many, again, you can't keep up. There was a Category Five hurricane hit Central America yesterday. Yeah. And like, you know, they ran out of storms. So there's been so many natural disasters. They all start to unfortunately blend together. But this is really well done. It's scary at times, tugs at your heart. It's Hmm. a really good documentary. And I definitely recommend everybody watch it. And on the other end of the spectrum, I think everybody should read the Talking Points Memo article on. Jerry Falwell's Pool Boy. It is a well-reported kind of first-person look at his relationship with the Falwells. And it is freaky. It is (laughs) kind of pathetic. It is angering. It's really detailed. And it won't get any traction outside of people like us who would pay attention to it. But it's amazing how much of a crook and a freak he and his wife are. Yeah. And does it explain how they got power? I mean, other than nepotism, because he took over for his dad. But how did he remain in that position? They were already powerful when they get into this mm, kind of transactional relationship with the 21-year-old guy. Giancarlo. But, I mean, has this been going on for a long time in their history or...? Was it 2012, Don, or 2014? Like it, it went on for years. No, but I mean uh, other things in their history other than the pool boy. Well, it's the only thing that's come to light. Right. I, so, I, don't, I don't think they just started to get their freak on around 2012, 2013. Right, that's I mean, exactly. It's going out on a limb. Second uh, term of Obama, fuck it, let's just go freaky. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that happened. It's like they must have gotten away with shit for a long time and... Yeah, I think they were freaky in the aughts. <laughs> the the freaky part, there's nothing illegal about it. You know, right. no. you want to... Consenting you know, adults. You know. Absolutely. By all means, knock yourself out. In this case, it feels super manipulative. But to Don's point, they're all, they're all consenting adults. No crime about that. But when you are publicly 180 degrees the opposite of that... When you make your living telling people how they should behave morally, then you have to right. live under a certain microscope. I'm sorry. But you put yourself there. 
We didn't put you there. You put yourself there. You could say that circumstances of your birth put you there, but you could have walked away. That, that was totally up to you. They would have expelled anybody from liberty if they did a tenth of what they did. Yeah. So one recommendation, a good watch. The other one, basically trash journalism. At its finest. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, the journalism was good. It's just the story is trash. That one's definitely on my radar, but I, I I'm looking forward thing. to the to the documentary as well, too. Absolutely. Mine's actually on the good side. I, I, it's it's not a downer thing. It's a good thing. And actually, one thing about mine that makes it even better is Jerry can't even look at it until his Twitter timer resets, which is probably like 6 a.m. tomorrow or something. I can ignore the limit. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's there's, not a limit. There's no penalty. You can ignore it. There's no penalty. Just shame. Going completely different. I usually have a you know a documentary or or, or podcast or something. A, yeah. a hashtag is my recommendation, and it's the hashtag I left because. And it started a blogger started this, uh, and people use this hashtag to tell their story of why they left evangelicalism or conservative Christianity. And it's it's just a, a good good little uh, little read. Check out some of those on Twitter. So check that out. I will tomorrow morning when I get up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. But and I, I want to re- reiterate: we haven't done this in in a while. But I would like to go ahead and reiterate: Jesus still has an open invitation to come on the show. Just throw that out there. Just because we we're doing this remotely, we it actually makes it easier for him. We we can 100%. do it remotely with him as well too. And well, I think and, and, I think Andy Stanley, you know, yep, he's got something say. to yep. say. My yep. whole means. new audience for him. We've we have seen you live. You don't remember us, Andy, but we're no, there. No, we blended in quite well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we have kind of a love hate kind of thing. I mean, you know, he believes in the wrong. He's he's a, an acceptable Christian compared to many others out there. Oh, boy. Grading on a curve. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I say we try and get him and Catherine Stewart on together, and they can decide whether oh. white evangelical Christian yeah. nationalism is going to hang around or not. Yeah, that would be an interesting interesting conversation there. One of my favorite, favorite save tweets from a writer I follow is, Today was bad. Tomorrow will be worse. Kind of gets me through the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, just when you think you've hit bottom. Ah, oh, sorry, Don. You were going to end on a positive note. And... There you go. Well, on that note, we'll see you in two weeks. Take care. All right. Good night.
someone to make my party and the devil is my friend. Yeah. 